Grief Stories is not a crisis resource. Please seek support from a qualified professional in your area to meet your unique emotional and medical needs. You are listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard, a social worker with an interest in helping people find hope and healing when someone they love has died. In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today, we're speaking with Jill, whose 20-year-old son died by suicide. So Jill, welcome to Grief Stories podcast. Thank you for joining us today to share your story of loss. I'm glad to be able to share it. I think it's important to share our stories and everybody has a story to share. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Can you share with us your story of losing Austin? Yes. So um, Austin was my little Christmas baby, my little Christmas miracle. Um, he was born December 17th of 1996. And it was kind of a magical time to have a baby that time of year. Um, and he was a different little boy. We noticed when he was about probably four years old that there was just something different about him than our other children. And we started to have some testing done. He was kind of struggling with a lot of things and he was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum with Asperger's, high functioning Asperger's. He was very smart, but he didn't understand social cues, um, didn't understand people. And that kind of followed him through his whole life and it made life very difficult for him. It made it difficult to connect with people to understand people, um, to give and receive love in a lot of ways. It was hard for him uh, to talk about his feelings. And as he got older um, and into his teenage years, he started to really, really struggle and um, started to become very angry and held a lot of emotion in and became very explosive. to the point that he had started making threats about hurting himself. And we had tried over the years to get him help and try to understand how to help him. And um, he made threats of of hurting himself. And on December 27th of 2016, he followed through with that and he took his own life two days after Christmas and just 10 days after his uh, 20th birthday. I'm so sorry about that. A terrible time. It was a terrible time. I mean, this, the loss of a child at any time is terrible. And to lose him 10 days after his birthday at a time when, when uh, we're supposed to be celebrating, it um, compounds everything, doesn't it? It does for sure. Um, You know, we, we had his Christmas gifts lying around the home and it was just such a, such a horrific shock to our family. What are some of the challenges in your grieving that have come as a result of Austin's death and the shock that came with it and the timing of it? Um, I think some of the, the biggest challenges that I have faced, and I know it's different with everybody, but um, it's, a, it's a whole body experience. 
it affects your mind. It affects your body physically. Um, I would wake up with panic attacks in the night. Um, you know, my heart racing, consumed with guilt. My mind would just go, go, go until the point that I, I reached a real low just about two months after he passed away ruminating on his death and what more could I have done and I I should have been able to save him I was his mom and I went to some pretty dark places and to the point of thinking gosh maybe I shouldn't be here anymore you know what kind of mother am I Mm. I very um very profound experience where I I felt like I needed to do what Austin could not and I needed to be able to work through this and figure this out and and be able to to move forward i became very vocal about my grief and to the point of i think people got tired of hearing it <laughs> mm. but but it's how i processed his death and it's how i processed what i was going through because it was all new to me and it was terrifying and all consuming and right. i needed to talk about it Right, that that place of deep pain and heavy darkness that you went to, that you spent time in, in the aftermath of losing Austin, um, you came to a point where you had to talk about it, you had to put it out there in order to survive yourself. And that's what Austin couldn't do. He, He wouldn't talk about his feelings and the things that he was going through. And, and so I just thought, I, I have to do this, I have to and it made people uncomfortable. And that was hard for me because I was like, you're uncomfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the one going through it. You know, I'm the one that's uncomfortable and, and people want to fix it. People that I love didn't want to see me hurt. They wanted to make it better. Uh-huh. And there's nothing you can do to make it better. It is what it is. Right. And you're right, people's reaction to suicide loss is powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. It is uncomfortable. And they do want to fix something that is just undone. Like you can't undo what's done. Um, You can only figure out how to live with it. And they say things, um, and and it's truly how they feel, but they, they weren't helpful to me. Things, too, that made them feel better. And that I think they were trying to say to make, to make me feel better. Things like, yeah, but he's in a better place. And all I could think was, I don't care. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and maybe you wanted him here with you. Me. Yeah. I wanted him here with me. Yeah. And him, him being in a better place did not take away the tremendous sting of how he left and what we had, what we were dealing with as a family and mm-hmm. continue to deal with. Yeah, so it, it, it's sometimes so challenging to cope with um, other people's well-intentioned efforts to make you feel better when you're lost in the depths of that pain. And mm-hmm. what they're saying is sometimes partly it feels like also to make them feel better when it, it doesn't really help you sometimes. Right, right. And I had to get to a place where I could allow them to to be where they were at and mm-hmm allow myself to be where I was at with things and not try to not take it so personal. Mm -hmm. I really did for a long time. And that was painful. Mm -hmm. Well, you're when the wound is fresh and raw, it's hard not to take everything personally. And Mm -hmm. 
And it just hurts to live when that grief is so fresh and raw. And so anything like that rubs the wrong way. And in time, it sounds like you were able to sort of understand that perspective of they really were doing the best they could under difficult Mm -hmm. circumstances, just as you were doing the best you can in those difficult circumstances. Right. The other thing that I kind of learned, too, is how important it is to allow people to share what they need to share and to create a space for them to feel safe, to share and be really real about their feelings and where they're at and not try to fix it mm-hmm. and not try to, you know, diminish it or change it, but just to, just to be with them, just to hold space with mm-hmm. them in their pain. Yeah. Just to allow it to be as terrible as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And not try to, to yeah, hide from it or make it not terrible or, because mm-hmm. it is. It's terrible. Yeah, and it's it's terrible, and it's also something we can't hurry through. No. Really, there is no end to it. It changes, and you learn to carry it differently. Mm-hmm. But the love for my son will always be there, and so the pain of losing him will always be there. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'll carry both for life. That's true. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the things you've found to help you in coping with these challenges, coping? You said that talking helped you cope with the deep pain and dark places that you were in. Um, What else has helped you cope? Um, My my belief that Austin is in a better place. You know, I said before that that made me mad that somebody said that. But at the same time, I, I feel in my heart that he is and that he's well and whole and not suffering anymore. And that does bring comfort to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of timing and coming mm-hmm. to that yourself rather than having, you know, hearing it from somewhere else when you're not quite there yet. Right. Yeah, I think so. And And really learning, I've learned a lot about how our body and our mind and our spirit are so connected. And when one is suffering, it's going to affect the other in some sort of way. And I, I took a mindfulness course. I've taken it twice in the last almost three years. Um, it's an eight-week mindfulness course and learned how to, what mindfulness was and how to practice, practice it and how to sit with what is and just allow it to be and not try to fight against it or push it away, but to really meet myself with compassion where I am at mm-hmm. in any given moment. And that changes from hour to hour and day to day, really. Yes. Um, it's very fluid, was, isn't it? It's, it is. And I think that a mindfulness practice allows you to be with that fluidity in a way that um, you're not fighting against it. I had a really um, profound experience the first time that I took that course. Um, They focus a lot on the breath, so you're lying still and you're trying to get out of your head and just focusing on the breath. And I became very panicky when we first started to practice because I had very strong um, images in my mind of seeing my son, he was an organ donor, of seeing him in the hospital and hooked up to things. And he seemed very much alive and he wasn't. And I would watch his heartbeat and, you know, watch his chest rise and fall. And so as I was practicing that, I would 
began to panic and go into a panic attack. And it was very upsetting to me. Um, and I had a very um, powerful experience where I felt very strongly heard in my mind, my son just saying, no, mom, not my breath, your breath, live mom. Mm-hmm. And, and that changed a lot for me. That, um, I, again, I thought I'm going to do what Austin couldn't. And I'm going to live, I'm going to live a great life and I'm going to find joy. And it might take a while, but I, I will find joy and I will see the beauty of this world and move forward. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And feel like you're doing that with his blessing, with his desire to, for you mm-hmm. to live, to do what he wasn't able to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I've also um, taken uh, yoga. I've, I've become a yoga instructor. I'm in the process of that, um, getting that certificate, and I have found that movement is very important. Um, emotion carries a lot of an- energy within the body and can affect us physically in many ways, and that gentle movement of yoga has been very helpful in kind of processing some of that physical aspect of grief and pain through my body in some some really powerful ways also. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a powerful link, that mind-body-spirit connection. And yoga is a, such a gentle way to allow you to move through it and mm-hmm. and do some releasing, um, but also not in a hurry. Right. The other thing that we have done, um, we've, we've taken my son's favorite word, which was swag, Everything was swag, and he always referred to himself as swag. <laughs> and we turned it into an acronym for save with a gift and also serve with a gift. Uh-huh. Um, we've, we've become involved in the donor program to an extent, um, save with a gift, and the importance of being an organ donor um, often saved several lives who have continued to live on. Um, because of him and we've connected with some of those families and that's been very healing in a lot of ways Uh Um, and and serving with a gift we we try to see other people we've made up little cards with his information and his name and we you know if we see somebody who needs help or is struggling or in any way we we do whatever we can to help them and then give them one of the cards and tell them about Austin and gives us a chance to talk about suicide awareness and who he was and the importance of seeing other people and really, really reaching out to others. Mm. And what a beautiful thing to do to keep his memory, but also his love for people and desire to help people alive in the world. And it gives us an opportunity to, to continue to talk about him, you know, mm-hmm. in a positive way. One of the other things that I have done is I now facilitate a um, suicide loss survivor support group, and that's been very healing also because I know how much I needed to be able to talk about my story and to talk about all of the deep, dark, heavy things that go along with the grief in a safe place and wanted so much for people to understand and so to be able to create a space and be there for other people who are maybe new to that experience has been a really good thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's um, 
because suicide is such a taboo topic, it's so important to have those spaces where people can talk freely about it with other people mm -hmm. who have uh, an understanding and can hold space um, with something that so many people find uncomfortable to talk about. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it is so, it is so important to share our stories because they're, they're not just stories of the grief and the pain, but it's stories of learning and growth and love and coming to the understanding of things that we maybe didn't have before the death, but we do now because of the death. And that's mm -hmm. one thing that's been kind of difficult to talk about because like you said, suicide is taboo to be able to say, I now, you know, know things in a way I didn't before that have changed my life profoundly because of Austin's death. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, ooh, she shouldn't be saying that, you know, mm -hmm. but, it's, but it's true. And I've been given some beautiful gifts through this experience. I came at a high price. But... Yeah, and I think that's it. it. It does come at a high price, but sometimes we can take tragedy and find meaning or purpose from it and um, and find beauty and, again, come back to some joy as a result of that meaning and purpose. And sometimes I think that that reflects on the fact that then the tragedy was a turning point or something that opened a door. And even though you wouldn't have chosen it, it chose you, it happened, it's here. And you are making a life as best you can with what's happened. Yes. And I like that you said, you know, finding beauty again um, about two years ago. We had been walking along a, a river parkway here, and it was in the fall, and just the colors were just beautiful, and it was this beautiful, sunny late afternoon, and the the lighting was just gorgeous, was coming in along the river, and the reflection in the river was just, it was just mirrored, and we took some pictures, and I we brought them home, and I there was one picture in particular of this huge tree with these gorgeous colors. And the reflection in the water was just mirrored perfectly. And I had it, I just had this moment there where I thought, you know, it's different now, but it's still beautiful. Life is different now, but it's still beautiful. And I can still find the beauty in it. And I took that picture and had it blown up into a huge like poster size. And I hang it upside down the picture is, you know, on top and the real picture is below to remind me that life does look different now, but it's still beautiful. And it's just kind of my reminder for myself here at home. Mm. The wall. What a beautiful idea and how symbolic of it. It's your life is upside down now. It's, it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a, everything is different and you look at everything differently. Your, your perspective is entirely changed. And that photo just is such a rep beautiful representation of it. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, Jill, if I was to ask you the question, what is grief? What kind of, what, what kind of comes to your mind with the, you know, the things you've done to cope with your grief over losing Austin and facilitating space for other people who've experienced suicide loss. What would, how would you define grief? Oh boy. That's a tricky question. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Cause it's a little bit different for everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Grief to me is, 
Oh, it's like, it's like taking everything that I love about my son, all of the memories and all of the good things and all of the bad things, because boy, we had some really rough times with him. Um, and taking all of that and it's like that's all that you're you're left with it's all it's all that you have here now i can't create new memories with austin i can't i can't watch him grow i can't watch him get married and have a family and so it's taking all of that and it's like that's all you have to kind of carry you through the rest of your life with that person and it's it's just heavy it's just it's just a heavy thing and it just kind of sits inside of you. I I looked the other day, you know how Facebook memories pop up. Uh-huh. And I just realized the other day the same memories are going to pop up over and over and over and they'll never be different anymore. And it just struck me like a, a you know, a punch in the chest. It just I just thought uh-huh. I'll see the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like your life is carrying on, but Austin is frozen in that time. That He's frozen in time. Yep. Yeah. A twenty twenty year old, you know, young young man. Yeah, and your grief is just that the weight of carrying that knowledge. You mm-hmm. know, all the feelings that roll into that knowledge that that was his time and that was it. And that was it. And all of the love that I have inside of me that I want to give to him, I have to find different ways to do that now. Uh I have to figure out how to carry on a relationship with him when he's not here, Uh you know, physically next to me, or at Uh least that I, you know, can can see Uh how do I, where do I put that love for him now? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard thing to figure out. Yeah, because love is grief. Grief is love. If we didn't love, we wouldn't grieve, right? And and so that finding places where that love can still land on Austin from you. And some of the things that you do to help you cope are a beautiful way of having that happen. Yeah, I hope so. I, I feel like he's close by and that he sees and I hope that he's proud of me. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Jill, for sharing Austin's story with us and your story of grief. Uh, We know that stories uh, like yours help other people um, know that they're not alone. And and, uh, so our hope is to have stories out there um, through this podcast and our website that will help people know that they're not alone and that there's hope. That's wonderful. Thank you for letting me share. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing.